Okay, let's start. Uh, teaching all of us with a prayer. Me? Yes, you. You start a prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for gathering all of us back here today to learn your word. May you um, help us and speak to us so that we can be your light in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, uh, let us start. We can start reading the passage first. Uh, John chapter 6 verses 1 to 15 and then we're going to zoom in to look at verses 7 to 10 today. Alright, so let's read together. John chapter 6 verses 1 to 15. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread, so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their few, and he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragment, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the signs that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdraw again to the mountain by himself. Uh, let's read together. John chapter 6, verses 7 to 10, and we're going to zoom in on this, uh, this four verses together and see this interaction once again between uh, Philip. Andrew and Jesus, how their reply differs and what Jesus did eventually. So shall we together this? Uh, John chapter, sorry, it should be verses 7 to 9, not 10. We'll go through 10 tomorrow. Yeah, verses 7 to 9, shall we go through these verses today? John chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Now let's look at Philip's reply to Jesus' question first of all. Jesus asked him in verse 5 itself, Where are we to buy bread? Once again, the emphasis is not where do we get the money to buy bread, but it is where the exact location that they are able to get this bread. Now, Philip, once again, as we have mentioned before, he was from the area. He would have known the area very well. He would have known where to get the food that is needed to feed such a large group of people. And so he himself naturally answered in a very humanly manner. He's a very calculated person. 
as we have explored this first before. He spoke of how 200 denarii worth of bread would not have been enough to even go around, not just to feed them food, but even to get a little. It's very hard for them to receive. See, the master himself has proposed something to Philip. He's proposed a question to Philip, has prompted a question to Philip. And Philip answered in a manner that is so calculative. He's so concerned with how much he has on hand that he's incapable of buying so much things. He's cautious, he's calculative. Now, how, what kind of perspective can we get from here? 200 denarii worth of bread is really not a lot. The average pay of, of, of the lowest class worker is about one denarii at that point of time. Of course, if you are a clerk, if you are a soldier, you get way more than that. It ranges from about 25 denarii to around, you can even get a 1,800 denarii each day, depending on where you're working. But even if that is the case, at this point of time, if you can earn up to 25 denarii to about 1,800 denarii a day, 200 denarii is very little. It's almost like comparatively speaking, you know, at this point of time, Jesus' disciples and Jesus himself maybe have about $20. $20 to feed 5,000 people. Now that is in perspective of our day to day. You would think that that is insane. How can $20 worth of food, let's just say rice in our case, since that's the most common food that we're eating right now in Singapore, $20 worth of rice won't get you too far. You can barely feed a household. Maybe you can feed a household with $20, but you can't feed a crowd of 5,000 with $20. And so you can imagine the concern that Philip has at this point of time. However, this concern of itself, this concern of what Jesus would do of itself is something that Philip is lacking. This is his lack in faith. This is why he has been lacking in his faith. Once we have, we have declared that once again, Philip himself, before this, he himself has been following Jesus since the start. He himself has been a long-time follower of Jesus himself. But yet, when after seeing all the miracles that he has done, including turning water into wine, physically impossible, and that wine satisfying the whole wedding crowd, well, Philip doesn't trust that Jesus himself is able to satisfy the hunger, the physical needs of this group of people following him. He, Philip himself didn't trust enough in God, in Christ, that he is capable of feeding them. Note that this very same Christ that Philip was following at this point of time in verse 6 was also the Christ who is able to heal someone who has been lame for such a long, for most of his life. Now that is a miracle. But yet Philip himself, even though seeing all these things, he himself was not capable of understanding who Christ is. He knows every little thing of Christ. He knows every little details about him. Right now, he's not concerned with the miracles done by Christ. He's more concerned with the physical aspect, the physical need, the very fact that they are poor. They don't have enough money. So this is a very sad aspect of Philip, and this is also a very sad aspect about human beings in general, as Christians even. We're so overly concerned with our physical needs that we do not realize that God himself is able to provide for us. 
that Christ himself is able to provide us with physical nourishment, the physical needs that we have. Not just we, but the 5,000 at this point of time which he was speaking to, he knows that they need this nourishment. He knows that he will nourish them. He knows that he's capable of doing it. And in fact, he did. This is what we see uh, later on in John chapter 6. They got their few. In fact, they didn't just get their few, but they had enough left over. So much so that they were able to fill up 12 buckets, 12 baskets, sorry, 12 baskets full of bread, fragments of bread. This is insane. And also it reflects something else about Philip. The question is, does he trust that Jesus himself is God? Now, if he trusts that Jesus himself is God, then what is stopping him from looking back into the Old Testament to see what God has done? Or how God himself has fed the Israelites during the Exodus, how God himself has provided manna, how God himself has provided water. Now, this is something that Philip himself will reflect. He still fails eventually, but he reflects. I believe he is reflecting more than it's also something for us to reflect about this. Are we so overly concerned about our physical needs, about the need, the physical needs of the people around us even? You see, Philip himself has a heart for the people around him. He himself is not a selfish man. He understood that everyone needs to eat and 200 denarii worth of bread is not enough for everyone. So he cares about them. He wants them to be full. He doesn't want them to go out hungry. Now, at this point of time, it's late at night and they're in a desolate place. He does not wish for them to go hungry with this little bread. But yet, does he trust that the Lord will provide for them? That is the question that, is, that needs to be answered by Philip and by ourselves. Do we trust that our physical needs are met and can will be met by Christ? in us that he will provide for us now this is the most one of the most important thing right now for us to think about as Christians we're living in a period of pandemic right now it's, the situation is doesn't doesn't seem to be turning better getting better in sense slightly but we're not nowhere near to the end of it yet people are losing their jobs people are concerned with physical needs, bread, food. So, are we trusting enough in God to do so? Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that all we do is sit back, relax, and just let them settle their own. But how much are we helping them? This is taught in James. Are we just going to let our brother go hungry and say that, hey, you're on your own. God bless you. Do whatever you want. This is the charge that James charged us. Or are we actively working to help our brothers and sisters? Now, though Philip himself had little faith, his concern for the 5,000 is still something that we should learn from him. His concern for them drive him to seek for sources of food to a point where which he asked Christ about this. Now, what about ourselves? Are we concerned with the people around us, the people around us who are going hungry, who might be going hungry in the future to come? Are we caring for them in their needs? Their physical needs also, that Christ will bless them through us, that we are the means of God's blessings towards them. Now that is Philip. 
himself, that is Philip's answer to this to, to Christ question. It's a test from Christ as we have seen in verse 6. But Philip doesn't know about that. He himself might have answered wrongly in some sense. But also we see the love of him towards the people. Now, someone interrupted during this conversation. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he came in and interrupted this, this conversation that they were having. And he pointed out that there was a young boy, there was a young boy who had five barley loaves and two fishes. But what are they for so many? Now, it's very interesting how Andrew himself has cut in this conversation. You know, we can can imagine you know how how this conversation was going down maybe jesus was speaking to all 12 or all, all of them all his disciples you know, sitting there and then he just calls philip out and everyone overheard the question that was posted to philip and what was going through andrew mind was something that is interesting you know why did he call this young boy to come to him and show to christ that hey this young boy has enough food for us but nonetheless, first of all, we take a note that this is, <clears throat> sorry, this is Andrew. He himself came up. Though he was a senior to Peter in discipleship, Andrew himself is, uh, is considered a senior in the sense of discipleship. He was the first, he was caught before Philip. So he's technically more senior than him. But yet, so instrumental to bring and he was also sorry not Philip Peter he was instrumental to bring Peter to Christ yet Peter afterwards so far outshining him that he himself is described by his relationship to Peter this is something that is quite interesting about Andrew himself sorry it's not Philip it's Peter uh, yeah I messed, I messed the names up but yes Andrew himself is always rather intriguing person whenever you see Andrew He's always mentioned about Simon Peter's brother. Now, you don't ever see Simon Peter's, the brother of Andrew, as much as Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now, Peter has done certain things, maybe later on we will see, that outshone Andrew to a point where which everyone remem remember Peter's more than Andrew. And we're not going to speculate as much here today as why is it the case, but what is important is what Andrew replied here today. Andrew replied to Christ. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves. Now, first of all, this boy, who is this boy? He could be two, he could be dead. Uh, he could be doing two things right now at this point of time. He could be a boy following them the whole time, whole way through. And he just somehow brought with him a basket full of barley loaves and two fishes. He himself might be buying these things home. And then on the way, he met a crowd following Jesus and he himself was curious to find out who this Jesus was. So he just followed suit in the crowd, followed Jesus onto the mountain and he sat down and listened. And so when the night falls and everyone is going hungry, this boy voluntarily brought out the food that he has, the charity that he has shown to the people, to the disciples, to all the people, the 5,000 Though this boy knows that this is not enough, I think it's very obvious that it's not enough, but this boy has a sense of faith that this boy himself came out and showed them and, and even provided and voluntarily given them this food that he has. Now, we don't know what was this food for. 
of course, but he himself was willing to sacrifice it to give it up to them. Now, that could be one possibility of the boy. Another possibility is, of course, that he was bringing this food to sell. He himself was selling this food. He himself was merchants following behind this crowd of people, expecting them to go hungry and wanting to sell them, wanting to earn a quick buck from them. Now, I highly doubt that this is the case because he seems to be the only person with food right now. So I doubt that he will be the only merchant right here. But nonetheless, we look at this boy, this young boy. It's described here as a boy. It's not a man. It's not a grown-up man. He is mentioned as a boy. You look at the Greek, he is supposed to be very young. Around 12 years old, plus minus a bit. But he's a young lad. He himself bought five barley loaves and two fishes. And that is about how much he is able to carry. I think about it. Right now, the, the, the people younger than us right now, how big can they get? How much meat and how much loaves of bread are they capable of carrying? It's not a lot. This is most likely all the boy was capable of handling. But he was willing to give it all up to them. He was willing to provide for them, the food for them. Though he knows there is not enough, he gave all that he has. Echoes a bit about the poor widow. She gave out of poverty. This boy gave all that he has. The charity that this boy has brought across to the people we've indirectly helped everyone right here. Now, of course, Andrew might have approached this boy. I believe this boy in some ways came up to Andrew and gave him all these things. Now, the next thing that we have to note <coughs> are the things that are mentioned here about what was given to them. Five barley loaves. Now, when we talk about barley loaves today, we think of, wow, that sounds very atas. Especially today, you know, multi-grain and whatnot. Those are the expensive pieces of bread. And if you think about white bread, that is the cheapest of the, all of them. White bread is the cheapest. We want the multi-grain is the most healthiest, has the most nutrients, so the most expensive. This is the concept that we have as modern and today. But this is not the case back then. You see, you realize that I think bread itself is not a very good example, but rice. You realize that brown rice itself is easier to produce. You don't have to go through as many processes to get brown white rice than white rice. But yet, brown rice somehow is more expensive. It doesn't make sense to us today, but it makes perfect sense back then. To get white flour, to get fine flour, you have to go through a long process of milling, of sieving and whatnot, that is a huge process. If you were to look some documentary, look at some documentary, you will find such resources. I was just looking at one recently. We're just talking the process of making bread. Barley bread is the worst of the bunch. They just put the, they just put the hay, uh, they just put the wheat inside. You just churn it once and that's it. Simple flour flour with many many grains inside everything is still stuck inside it's not fine it's not smooth at all that is the worst of the bunch of bread right there to get a white bread you need to spend more money and so this itself reflects a bit of a contentment that they have and the contentment that christ himself might want us to live 
it's not so much of saying that we should strive to be as poor as we can. You know, this is the monastic life that people might have lived in the past. You know, just try to live as poor as you can. We want to live as John. Uh, just as how John lived off the land, we should learn from John and how he himself had lived off the land. But I don't think this is what so much of the point of this. It's, the question is for us is that are we content with what we have? Are we content with just a simple meal? Or are we seeking for something greater, something more grand? Or are we just okay with five buddy loaves of bread? Simple, plain and simple loaves. Of bread? Are we content with our own life or what God Himself has given to us? You see, this itself is a test for everyone right there. We do not know who is in the congregation. There might be rich, there might be poor, but all of them will receive the same body love from God. And so, would they be content with what they receive from Christ or not? This is something for us to think about as Christians today. If we were to sitting at the grass patch there and listening to Christ, are we content with what he gives us? Or are we always seeking more? So the bread itself, the loaves themselves will feed our hunger, will cure our hunger. But we always ask for more. And so this is how the two fish come into play. Oh, two fish, I do not believe that it's going to be fresh. They're not going to be a sashimi grade of fish that you can eat today. But this fish most likely has been soaking in brine. It has been there will be salt added to it to preserve it. To preserve the fish. This fish is most likely a very salty and maybe dry or, or maybe dry piece of fish. It's not going to be the best fish of fish. But it is still something better than bread. It is meat. Is something that people will desire. But yet, this itself seems rather interesting. If we were to look into a verse in Psalms itself, if we were to look at Psalm 78, verses 17, yet there seems still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. Remember that we are at a mountain top. It's not really a desert, but it's a desolated place. They test God in their heart by demanding food they crave. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflow. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? This is rather interesting when you contrast it with verse 17. Of course, I'm not suggesting that everyone at that, at that point of time wanted to test God with their heart by demanding food. But yet, certain people in the congregation might very well be testing God in their own heart by demanding food that they crave. But yet, you see how Christ does it. He was willing to give them what they want. They want meat. They want better food than just five pieces of just pieces of bread. Christ was willing to give these two fish to them. <clears throat> Christ was willing to give them what they desire. So this, in the very case, reflects human lives today. Many of us has desired things that are greater than ourselves. Many of us desire things that we don't even deserve. You know, we want things, we want the shortcut to get rich. We are lazy in that sense. Yet, God himself is ready to grant it to us. Maybe not directly granting it to us, but allowing things to happen that we may receive what we want. 
but in that sense of giving us and allowing us to receive all these things, that is the means of how God has hardened the heart of his people. We ourselves are so satisfied with these things that we have received. We turn our backs towards God and say, Aha! I have earned this and I have gained this. And through that, we neglect God simply because we are not content with what God has provided for us. Constantly seeking more of what we want. Now, if you realize, if we look at verse 13, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. You realize something. There is no leftover of the fish. There is no leftover of the fish. Now, of course, we can say that God himself has provided enough fish for everyone, just enough fish for everyone. So, you know, they, they don't want eating bread anymore. But yet, think about it. Isn't this just a reflection of mankind? We desire more, we want more, and we don't just want more, we want the best. This is the reflection of all mankind. This is how we are as men. We always want the best. We are never content with what we have. So, you know, this is a time, good time to reflect on ourselves. You know, are we like the congregations? Are we like the people sitting among, <clears throat> among the 5,000? Right? Are we asking for more than what we deserve? So, that is it for this for today's session i really hope that we can go back and think about this or think about five barley loaves and two fish hope that i give us give us a, a different insight to what this verse might be saying and think about philip's reply and andrew's reply compare the two of them i, I didn't really do that today but compare how they themselves have replied Philip was asking for money. He's theorizing whether he has enough. But Andrew grabbed a boy, or he brought a boy at least, towards Christ and said that this boy has enough for us. So I will end us off here with that today. I hope that we can continue to go back thinking through this verse itself. Think of how it itself applies to us today as Christians living in this modern day age today. With that, I'll end us off with a prayer and then we shall end here today. Let's close in prayer. Precious Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for gathering us tonight, Lord, that we may read through the book of John. Lord, help us to see through the reply of Philip and Andrew, Lord. Help us to learn from their reply, Lord, to see the mistakes that they have made and see the examples that they have set for us as apostles. Lord, we note that we have all fallen short of your glory and we have all sinned against you. None of us is perfect. Oh Lord, may you grant us your Holy Spirit to illumine in us your word. Teach us your word and guide us. That we may live out a holy and godly life. Lord. Sanctify us, Lord, today that we may submit ourselves into your hands. Thank you, Lord. And may you grant us a good night rest today, Lord, that we may gather together once again as a fellowship tomorrow to learn from the confession. Thank you, Father. We pray always in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.